And when COVID broke last year, people were calling it a health crisis. By August, I knew it was a fraud vaccine crisis. And now is the time to take on the fraud within CDC, NIH. They're going to do the cabal, as I call it, where they actually use human beings as guinea pigs for vaccinations. So today we have Jennifer Bird, who lives in California, who received one of the Moderna shots. And Jennifer, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And um, tell us a little bit about your life before you took the COVID vaccine. Okay. Um, so I'm a 60-year-old woman who enjoys being active. I, I do a lot of walking. I have a dog. We, I live in the Berkeley Hills, so we do um, hiking and um, like to spend time on the lake, uh, just anything outdoors and active. Um, it changed. All that changed once I got the shot. When did you get it? I got it on February 17th at 4.45. I know exactly when I got it. So tell us what happened. Well, I, I um, was lucky to be able to get the shot fairly early. And um, I had a, uh, I knew the person actually giving me the shot and he gave it to me and we sat there and we chatted for about 20 minutes. And he said, you seem to be fine, Jennifer. And I said, okay. So I started to, to leave the facility and all of a sudden my face, my entire face, like through here was tingly and started turning numb. It felt like uh, I just left the dentist and had major dentist work, like it was numb like Novocaine. So I immediately, you know, turned back around and say, what's going on? And they called the uh, health director that was in charge of all, all the vaccinations there over. And he said, wow, he said, we've been administering thousands and we haven't seen any reaction, but we've heard that there could be a reaction like this. It's very rare and it should go away within 24 to 48 hours. You know, so I calmed down, you know, I thought, okay, no big deal. And mm -hmm. I left. Uh, three days later, it, it hadn't changed. It was still completely numb. And mm -hmm. I, it, it moved up into my neck. I had a splitting headache. It was like a migraine, kind of a headache. I've never had a migraine, but what they describe it as, I had blurred vision, I was sensitive to light. Um, I couldn't turn my neck. It was like the day after an accident, like a mm -hmm. whiplash sort of. And, so it was, a, uh, it was a stiff neck? Stiff neck completely, yeah. Was it on the sides or was it in the back? It in the back. And it went, it vibrated up into my head. Um, went to uh, my GP. Well, first I, went, I called Moderna. And I dug and dug around in all the literature and online and Google, and I found a number for Moderna, and it was a UK number. And I called and I um, spoke to somebody there who, to answer, you know, asked me a lot of questions, and I answered them. And um, I said, you know, I'm concerned about should I take a second dose? And the person who I was talking to said. Um, I can't give you medical advice, but mm -hmm. it sounds like you had an extreme reaction. And we don't recommend people with extreme reactions to get a second dose. But she kept kept repeating herself, I can't give you medical advice, but you know, well, that's, you that. that's the disclaimer. That's the right. disclaimer, sure. Exactly. 
Um, but she said, this, you know, I'm sure you're going to have somebody contact you further. I'm going to pass this over and you'll have somebody contact you further for more information about this. Um, I said, good, because, you know, I need to know what to do. And I went to my GP and she was completely like stunned. She didn't know what to do. She hadn't heard of anything. She hadn't been given any medical advice about what to do for somebody with a, a vaccine reaction. Um, so she you know, said, Let, just let's check back in a week. So we made a point before a week later. And so, it, did, do you live in a rural area or do you live in a city? Um, Berkeley's the big city. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you're in Berkeley. So, so yeah. you're going to, you're, you're dealing with people in major medical community. Right. All right. Um, and your doctor had no guidelines. Did your doctors, had your doctor seen any other of um, her patients who had any of these reactions? No. Yeah, this is early February, so not a lot of people have been vaccinated at this point. No, but they had they had been rolling it out since December, right? right. In terms of the the rollout, and they had had the um, clinicals. I think is you know three four months earlier than that uh, right. here in the United States, as far as I can track it back. So, did you have any more any progressive? Ailments. Is this from there, from, from there, it just got worse. So the migraines lasted for about three weeks, and nothing I would take would help. I'm not really big into taking, you know, strong medicine. Um, mm -hmm. I tried acupuncture, and I did that for two and a half weeks, and that made the migraines help with the migraines, and they went away. But then the um, numbness moved down into my arms. It moved to my hands and my feet. And was it tingly or was it numbness? Tingly and then completely numb in the feet. So I, when I would stand on my feet, it, it was just so painful. It was, it was neuropathy in the feet and it was very painful. So went back to the doctor. She referred me to a neurologist. Okay. He, he, it was hopeful when I went to him at first because he said, wow, he goes, I haven't heard of anything of this, but I'm going to call my colleagues and I'm going to, you know, look into this and get appointment back with them two weeks later. And he says, oh, don't know what I can do for you. Maybe you can put salon pause patches on your feet for pain. And that was his only recommendation. He didn't have any, he said he, he, he couldn't find anything, um, you know, that would help him in treating me. All right, so that, that, is that the first, that's the first month? That you're talking about? I mean, it's because that's within two, two and a half, three weeks. By the third week, okay, I am, I was at the time eight and a half years post menopause, right? Mm -hmm. um, period stopped at 50, I'm 60. And by the third week, I had a full on period. I had a full menstrual cycle that was six, seven days. Um, called my gynecologist and said, what's going on? And so she had me come in and I did, um, I did a, a biopsy, an, first a, a, an ultrasound. And then the next month it came back again, just like a regular cycle. And she did a biopsy at that point. And it's been five months now, what, six months. I've had a period every single month. This is after wow. eight, eight and a half years post-menopause. Wow. So, 
Yeah. So now my next, and everything has come out negative, you know, because what they, what they're concerned of there is cancer, cervical cancer. If, if, and everything's come out negative in the test, they're going to do a scope next. Um, I've had blood panels, everything. There's no signs of, um, you know, bad white cells or something that would indicate cancer. That was the first, the first thought that went through everybody's mind that you might have cervical cancer. Sure. 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 Um, so now, not to get too personal, but did you have any cramps or anything? Did you feel bloated before your period started? Was it on a four-week cycle? Just like, just like how it used to be, you know. Start to my right ovary always in the past, you know, would start to twinge a little bit, and then I'm like, wow, that's weird. That was like what it used to be when I, you know, had a menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. and then one happened, and that's what's happening every month. It's the same. I know exactly what's going to happen because it, it just leads into it like it used to in the past. We women know our bodies. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We, we, we have good memories of that. Um, so what is the doctor, what is the doctor doing now? They just have to watch it or do they, I mean, well, now is they're anybody do, studying this? I'm scheduled for an outpatient surgery. They're going to do a, go in with a scope, make sure there's take some more tissue, make sure there's nothing there. And, um, she said, you know, after that, if you continue bleeding, we'll have to do something else. And I said, what's that? She said, well, poss- possibly a hysterectomy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would, that's the norm. That's the normal phase for yeah. something like that. Um, but I didn't, you know, have spot bleeding or anything in those eight and a half years. I mean, I, I stopped at 50 and it never came back. Okay. So but to go back to the other symptoms, it's moved now my, my legs, my thighs, the tops of my thighs are completely numb and the backs of my legs feel like they're sunburned. Um, I get these twinges throughout my body. It almost like little bug bites. Like I actually in the beginning was looking to see do I have a bug on me that's biting me. And that, that happens like throughout my body. I, the, like, bed, I, like bed sores? No, like, um, there's no bites. It just feels like something's biting. It feels like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you stand up or is it impossible? I'm mobile. I can walk. Um, You know, I still do. I do a daily walk. I can't like my, we're my son the other day was walking with me. He goes, mom, why are you walking like that? I said, well, what do you mean? Hmm. And he says, kind of like, like a robot, like, and it's because I'm stiff, like it hurts on my feet, but you know, or some days the legs are more numb than the other. So I don't, I'm not as mobile. And, you know, I just do one loop around the block. I'm not doing, I can't do, you know, major hiking. We were up at our Tahoe house and I couldn't hike with my husband. I couldn't do the things we always did. Just, it's too hard on my body. Do you have to use a walker? No. What about your joints, your hips, your knees, your ankles, your elbows? Is, is, it, is it more the tissue that this, this numbness is in? No, my joints, I think, are okay. Yeah. Have you been tested for arthritis? I have been. They, I've been tested for rheumatoid arthritis and all the different markers and everything comes out negative on that. I've, you- I've, I've had more labs than you can imagine. I have had more blood taken to me from me and everything has been checked. And what's come up recently is um, the inflammation markers have are all increased. Um, I am on a um, a low dose anti-inflammatory, and that has helped with the um, pain in the feet. 
So that's once I started getting on that, that helped with um, mitigating the pain in the feet and I can walk better now. What about your hands? They're fine. They're yeah. okay. They're okay, but 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 they get numb every now and they then. They no, they're tingly and numb, but they're not they're not painful like the feet were. Yeah. Do you do? You, what about your balance? Well, yeah, that's that's not that good. Like we were away, and yeah, there was a piece of pineapple like on the cement. But normally, if I would have probably walked over something like that, I wouldn't have fallen. But I just went my feet went out from under me and I just went flat on my back and fell and then another time when I was getting up I just lost my balance completely and luckily there was a table next and I just sort of grabbed it or otherwise I would have fallen so I've been you know clumsier lately let's go back to the day that you received the shot okay you knew you said you mentioned you knew the man who administered the shot to you uh -huh. Did you ask any questions? Did he offer you uh, any of the side effects, any of the information? Do you feel now that you have informed consent from that experience, whatever that exchange was or was not? I read thoroughly. They gave me an iPad that had all the information and I, you know, read it thoroughly because I was sitting there waiting for a while and I had plenty of time to read it. Um, there was nothing in there that, that, and I reread it afterwards too, that I can see that would warn me of the conditions that I had. Okay. So do you feel that you have, that you had informed consent at that time? Absolutely not. All right. Um, I, I am, I believe in vaccinations. I've gotten my flu vaccination. I've gotten my shingles vaccination and all the things they recommend to people my age I've done. Um, you know, I trusted that this would be okay. That was my mistake, I guess. What, uh, did you, let's talk about, you mentioned you went to uh, an acupuncture. Does your insurance cover any of those? No, I've had a tons of, tons of stuff out of pocket. And I also went to see a, another provider um, who I trusted a lot, a gynecologist. Um, and she's a uh, integrative medicine doctor. And I think I've paid probably three or $4,000 out of pocket for her even too. I've had tons of money out of pocket that, you know, my regular plan, I'm lucky I have, I have insurance. It's pretty good insurance, but it's an HMO and it's limited on who I get to go to. So do you feel that your insurance um, policy now is not really serving your needs? Probably, yeah, my, it's not covering my expenses. Exactly. Yeah. How's your family coping with this? Um, they're okay. I mean, it's, I think my husband's a little bummed when I, you know, can't go out hiking and doing the things that he'd like me to go do with him. Yeah. My son's 18. So, you know, if you've had children, 18 year olds really aren't paying much attention to their parents. So have they received their shots too? Yes. And how are they doing? My husband was, he got his, he was absolutely fine. He didn't have, you know, any symptoms whatsoever. Um, my son waited and waited till, you know, a lot longer than his friends were. I think he was concerned because he knows body wise, he's a lot like me, like how he reacts to things and all that. So he was, he was scared and they finally made a decision. He needed to get it. And, um, I think my husband, you know, really wanted him to get it. And I was hesitant 
And, but I didn't, you know, he's old enough to make that decision. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't want to tell him not to do it. Um, so he did. And when he came home, he had a little bit of tingling in his right leg and he freaked out like, mom, you know, is it happening to me? And, but that went away. Did your husband and son both get the Moderna shots? Um, no, because they both got Pfizer. Yeah. Because he okay. was 17 and a half at the time, I think, or almost 18. So he had a Pfizer because he was under 18, my son. So did they have any reactions after the second shots? No, they both were fine. So have you heard back from um, Moderna it, it, since you first contacted them? So I expected I would hear back from them, but I didn't. And about three or four months later, I got something in the email from them asking a lot of questions um, to fill it out and send it back. And I did. And then about a month or so after that, they asked me for the same thing again. And I said, I already did this. And I resent it to them, the same thing I did. And then I've gotten a phone call saying, you know, we need the information. And I said, well, here's my receipt of you guys getting it twice. And she took the information on the phone and she said there were some file that needed to be merged together or something. And, and again, she said, you should be hearing from somebody. And that's been about oh, two weeks and I haven't heard from someone. So tell us what kind of questions that uh, Moderna's asked of you. Medical history. They wanted to know a lot about what were my pre-existing conditions, um, and then who am I being treated by now? What, what, what were my conditions, and who's treating them, and all the doctors? Without disclosing, but did you without disclosing if you had? I mean, did you have preconditions, and you don't have to disclose us if you? No, I mean, I, I could. The only medicine I, I was on is levothyroxine for my thyroid and um, a multivitamin. And I have a box that's this big now of things that I take every single day. Yeah. Are they supplements or um, prescription? Uh, one prescription and, and mostly supplements. So I, ha I think I have all the symptoms of what um, people like long haul COVID have, which is MCAS, multiple cell activation syndrome. It's... Um, Oh, the other thing I didn't mention, so immediately after, it, I feel like I have this band going across my face, this tight, tight band, and it, it, my breathing capacity is, is limited. It's gotten a little bit better, but I have to take twice a day um, Zyrtec and um, Tagamet, and that's supposed to help with the symptoms of multiple cell activation syndrome. Um, it also allows me, it helps me, I have to take a decongestant every day too to be able to breathe because that band from, from the beginning, from day one, hasn't gone away. Just go into a little bit more, <clears throat> pardon me, a little bit more depth about that, Jennifer, for people to understand what that band is. It's hard to describe, but um, just across like the, the bridge of my nose, it just, it, it feels tight. Um, and it, it, so you're, I, you're talking right, right, right here, here right, right, yeah, here. right here. It's just so it's like where your sinuses are. Yeah. Really, really, really tight. And it, you know, I've had you know, sinus stuff before in the past, but not like this. And, um, so when they did a, uh, cat scan of my brain, 
um, to check to see if there was anything. She did notice, my, my GP noticed, the neurologist didn't tell me this, that, that there seems to be, you know, um, just a lot of uh, liquid there. And that started the first day, like, like filled up my sinuses completely the first day. And it hasn't gone away no matter what she's given me to try to get it, you know, to go away. I've never snored before and I snore. Okay. That bugs me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the decongestant is to, is, is to open up the sinuses right. mm -hmm. and it's not really helping at all. Does it, does it come in waves? It's worse in the morning than it is at night. Constant. Every morning I wake up and I think, is today the day it's going to go away? You know, it's like, some days I wake up and I thought, oh, it's not as tingly. And I stand up, I'm like, oh, it is. You know, so it's like I have hope every morning I wake up and that today's the day. And I'm starting to lose that hope now that, you know, this is how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. What did the doctors tell you about the long-term effects or if did they say that have hope that, you know, this eventually is going to go away or we've seen other patients like this and they do get better. I mean, where, where are you emotionally in all of this in terms of your relationship with your doctors? My, my primary doctor, I, I love her to death. She's willing to send me to any specialist that, you know, I say, Hey, I'm hearing this from other people in the group that I joined, that they've tried this. And she goes, let's go, you know, but it takes months to get these appointments. Like this Friday appointment with a cardiologist um, and yeah, the rheumatologist is like two, three months out. You know, it's like all these doc special doctors that I want to go to um, are months here. I think your audio just went down a little bit. Yeah, she disappeared. There you are. Yeah. There you are. Okay. I'm sorry, I had the phone turned off. I'm not sure how a ring could come in. That's uh, okay. But you started to say that you know the the doc the doc the um you're going you have an appointment to see a cardiologist, but you didn't tell us about your heart. What's well, going on with your heart? In one of the so in the all the labs and everything I've had done, my lipids have have just gone skyrocketing and um yeah i never had issues with lipids and i've also gained weight and that could be the the cause of it and that's what my gp it's like she was seeing me every two weeks within a two-week period i had gained nine pounds how do you gain nine pounds in two weeks i don't eat ice cream every day she goes jennifer this would be like you eating you know milkshakes all day long to be able to do that and i think it's just inflammation in my body um, but the, but my lipids were skyrocketed. So she wants me to see the cardiologist for that. I've, if you name the doctor, I've, I have appointments for in the future or I've seen them. So let's go through them. Neurologist. Yes. <clears throat> neurologist. Um, I'm on, I have a second appointment with a different neurologist, um, two gynecologists, um, uh, the acupuncturist, um, I have one for the rheumatoid, doc rheumatoid doctor, um, the cardiologist. Oh, and she wants me to see a gastro doctor. Too. Has anyone suggested to you, because you mentioned you had a, cask, a, 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 a MRI, was it? Yeah, I didn't have one that, um, what's it called, where they do the dye. I didn't have a contrast one. I had a regular one 
but nothing, it, everything was normal. And what about, and you had, you had a CAT scan? What about a D-dimer test? I don't think I've had a D-dimer. No. Okay. D-dimer, the purpose of a D-dimer is to see if you have, uh, they're, they're, they're to identify the tiny blood clots that don't show up on the MRIs and the CATs. Okay. Uh, and they, they usually lodge in your capillaries. Um, huh. So that's why it's, it's kind of important for people to get those because we know that they're, the blood clots are the result of some of these vaccines. Right. So if you can't identify them, then nobody can do anything about them. So you have to have the right test to be able to identify them. That's why I've asked many of you if you've had uh, D-dimer tests. And that's a lab, right? That's mm -hmm. a lab test. Yeah, I can go through. I've had so many labs. I've had so much blood miles taken out that I can go through and see if I've had that. I don't believe I have. Have you Have you um, reported your injury to the VAERS? I did. And I got a weekly, a date. it was like, almost daily update for the first week, then it turned to a weekly update and then it went away. And recently they have um, contacted me uh, by phone and um, they said, we need you to complete a VAERS report. And I said, I did, here's the VAERS number, you responded to me. And she said, oh, your records weren't hooked together. So let me merge those files together. And so this is a technological glitch on that end. Is yeah. that what she's suggesting? Right. All right. Do you, so are you updating, you know, all along as I, things would surface? I haven't gone back in. I updated once and I haven't gone back in recently. And I always thought the doctors were supposed to do these, but the doctors sort of aren't willing to do them. Have you asked your doctors to do it? Yeah. And they said, no, you do that. You can do okay. that. Or, or I have asked some and they said, oh, okay, but I know they never did. I'd follow up later and said, did you do it? No, I didn't do it. Did you ask them why? Um, well, like the neurologist, I just decided to quit going to because, I mean, I offered this guy to go to talk to um, a doctor at NIH who was willing to talk to him and get, give him guidance on how to treat me. And he wouldn't make the phone call. So your neurologist would not make the phone call to, NIH, yeah. to the doctor at NIH. Is that is that Dr. Natch? Um, Savia. Sonia, who works with Dr. Natch. Yeah. Um, and then I was in a Stanford study in the beginning. I forgot to mention that. Um, she was just more, you know, checking for vaccine reactions. She had another study going on that she started... Um, getting blood samples from people who had vaccine reactions to see if she can find something in common. And her funding got lost. I mean, it got taken away, I guess. So she didn't continue the study. So I went there and gave some blood and, and um, she met with her and she, she went over all of my previous history. I gave her, you know, everything from my doctors and she couldn't, she couldn't find anything in it that would be pertinent to my getting um, help like from other doctors. She couldn't offer anything. And this neurologist was stuck on speaking to the Stanford doctor. I want to speak to the Stanford doctor, not NIH. And I said, well, I don't, you know, here's her number, but I doubt she's going to provide you with anything because she told me she didn't see anything in my blood that would tell her why I had this reaction. 
So how do you feel about the medical field and how do you feel about taking the, the, the vaccine now where you, you've become injured and nobody seems to know what's going on that can give you answers that give you relief? Yeah, I guess I'm angry. I'm angry that I don't think it's the doctor's fault. I think it's, you know, the CDC and the FDA's fault. It's like, why, why didn't they prepare our medical society on how to treat people with vaccine injuries. I mean, we're sitting here trying to solve our own problems because we can't get help. And luckily we're, you know, we have a group of people that I found by chance. Um, I found um, Dr. Denise Hertz on, uh, she made a comment on, on a, Facebook, a Facebook group. And I, inst I sent an instant messenger to her. And she said, yeah, there's like, you know, three or four other people I found, Jennifer, with these same types of, um, you know, neurological issues that we're having. That group's grown to 150 and there's multiple groups on Facebook. There's thousands of people that are having these reactions and nobody's willing to hear us or help us or give our doctors any advice on what to do. It's frustrating and it pisses me off. That's that's, that's, that's emotional right now. So no, but it's okay, Jennifer. It's okay. I mean, it's it's been a long haul. You're talking about this goes back to February with you. It's yeah. okay. I mean, they, our doctors should get help. My primary doctor would love help. She would love to know how to treat me. I mean, she's got the best heart in the world, and she's willing to help me in any way that she can. But it's limited in what she can do, besides refer me to experts. And then when you get referred to experts, they don't have the guidance as well. No. Because CDC is not giving them the guidance. Exactly. You know, we've written directly to CDC and FDA. We've written to the heads of these groups and um, they, they are ignoring us. Or the responses are, well, we're not really looking into that or that doesn't really fit with in what we want. And that's my opinion. It doesn't fit within what they want society to know about because they, we, of course we want to get everybody vaccinated but why can't they help the injured along with still vaccinating everybody i mean it's not an either or have you had have you had discussions what you know among your family or friends um or or just about whether or not you think this is medical malpractice at some level because you because you the injured have not been recognized fully by the fda and if not recognized by the FDA, they can't then give protocols to the CDC, which then gives directions to the doctors in people's homes town. I mean, it's at some level, there's there's a culpability and there's a lack of responsibility because it seems to me that that when you your group has gone to the FDA, the CDC, even wrote the letter to the White House in May. Um, and not getting the recognition that you have. I mean, I can't even imagine being in your position. I've had some discussion. My husband's a trial lawyer. So yeah, I've had discussions with him and he's, you know, looked up, you know, you've got in the, that whole thing about vaccines and the protections there, you know, that about, about having lawsuits, but there has to be, I mean, what they've done and what they're doing to us now, there's gotta be some culpability there, I believe. What would be, what would you like to say to the heads of these, uh, just in closing up here, to, to, to the FDA uh, and CDC, if you, if you had a chance to meet with the heads of the FDA and CDC? 
you got to help us. You can't leave us out here in the dark. You got to help us. You got to provide our doctors with information on how to treat us. You have to tell us what you've learned about in the studies that you must be hiding from us because somebody had to have the reaction. Actually, we know people have had the reaction in the studies because some people in our group were in the studies. Um, so, you know, you got to help us. That's what I'd say to them. You can't just ignore us. Jennifer, thank you for your time. And and I, I wish you well, and I hope that you do get the help that you need to recover and get your life back. I thanks. really do. I, thanks I hope, thanks I hope for listening good. and be willing to put this out there. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And please keep in touch you okay. know, as things change and things go forward. All I right. And if, you, and, if you do, and if you do recover, let us know how somebody helped you. I will. I'll celebrate that for sure. I'll let everyone know. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right.